It's wonderful to sense the peace of God today. You know, our world is crazy, busy, going 100 plus miles an hour. Life gets full, gets overwhelming at times. And it's really our, our discipline, I think the Lord is, challenges us with to take time out with him. Take time to wait on him. Take time to hear. And we've been looking through the book of Philippians, and Paul, of course, is writing this from a prison cell. He has nothing but time on his hands. <laughs> I wonder sometimes if God sometimes allows circumstances for us to, you know, he tests our patience, but he, he allows us He's shaping us. He wants us to be teachable. And sometimes we wonder if God is trying to get our attention so that he can speak something into our lives. So we're looking through Philippians 4. We all are probably quite familiar with part of this passage when it comes to, thank you, Anna, for when it comes to being anxious, anxious, anxiety. How many have ever had a, a moment? <laughs> um, yes, thank you for honesty. Of course, we have moments, and uh, uh, it's because we're human. We're human, and we're constantly being challenged to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the lust of the flesh. In other words, we need God's help in order to overcome things that are coming at us. We need to know when to say no, right? And we need to know to say, this is it. Yes, go for it. Go for it. Uh, step out. And so all that is not easy. I'm not going to pretend that it's easy to hear the voice of the Lord. I think it's, it's one of the challenging things. I think it's part, part of, for me, it's, it's my fault if I don't hear from God. So I think God is always wanting to speak to us. But I have to put myself in a position where I'm wanting to hear from him. And most often you will hear from God through the written word first. But then he nudges us, and I think you get the prompt, and you get a stirring, you get, you get a thought, and all of a sudden you just know that that had to come from the Lord. Or you take that to the Lord in prayer, or you feel really a peace about something. God maybe gives you insight about something. You know, just kind of like the light bulb comes on, a light bulb moment. I believe the Lord help is helping us probably more than we even realize with our life, with our thinking processes, with the, just going about our daily uh, uh, responsibilities. The fact that he, he is ahead over all, he is the Lord of the church, he is the Lord of us, he's the Lord of, of all creation. Uh, if we were to boil it all down and ask the question, what is the main thing? What is that which is most important? I don't see my notes. Oh, that's goofy. Oh, there we are. No, that's not it. I must have gotten mixed up with last month's, or oh, last week's. Let's go with it. Here's my three points. We're going to learn how to be flexible, right? I want us to learn, never stop learning. 
And we're going to read the passage here in a bit. Um, when I stop learning, I stop living. I become pretty much in my own mind and thinking I know it all. There's nothing I can't learn. So that's, that's a sad way to end up because there's a whole lot of things I don't know and understand yet. Uh, I believe God is moving in us so he can work through us. Some of the things and lesson we learn is this just little child here, this little young man down here. Just, he just, every time I see him, I think of, you know what? There's humility. There's someone who is depending on adults to lead him. Right now he's in a teachable stage, at least to a degree. And so when Paul wrote after he talked about what's, uh, you know, basically what we're thinking about, he talked about in verse 8 of chapter 4, Philippians, he said to, first of all, he said, pray about everything with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God with a heart of gratitude. Thanking God already for what he's done for you is a good way to pray. That's a good way to start. It sets us in motion. You know, I don't need really a lot, do I? I really don't need as much maybe as I think at times. And so the things you have learned, verse 9, and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. He's talking about a role model, setting an example. He's, and the church, by the way, needs role models. The community needs role models. Our schools need role models. Our, uh, our government needs role models, right? And these people praying behind the scene. It needs people that are intentional and serious about the things of God that they take it before the throne room, take it to the throne room of God. There are things that we'll never understand but we take them to the one who does understand. We will never uh, quite be able to come up with a solution for our troubles until we've talked to the one who knows the solution. He's the one who is able to do far beyond. And so Paul is penning these words. It's really a a letter of thankfulness for the gifts that were given to him while he was in ministry. And so in verse 11, he says this, not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be content. And there's the word learned. And the first point of learning, we are learners together. We are being discipled by the Lord himself. We should never stop learning. It should never stop. I can never exhaust the word of God. Every time I go through it, there's something fresh and new insight that the Lord wants to give to you. Why is that? Because the Word of God is living and active. Living and active. It's alive. The Holy Spirit is about bringing the Word of God penetrating into the heart. Judging the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Like a sword, he said, it's the Word of God. And so we learn, we look at these verses, what what kind of circumstances are you in today? Paul was writing from a prison cell, but he's saying, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. 
I also know how to live in prosperity. So there's two different things. Living with humble means, living with the basic necessities, or the other side is there's a danger if I have more than I have need of, my tendency may to be, well, I'm, I can just slack off. I don't really need to pray as much anymore. Isn't that humanity? I don't really have a lot I need of. So what is God saying? What's, word, what's this word mean for us today? We've got to be flexible. We've got to learn to roll with some things that are not what you planned. Life happens. Circumstances may be beyond your control, right? Every day we live with people we deal with people, every job you may have, unless you're absolutely out in the wilderness. <laughs> and every job, just think about this, even, even farming to a degree deals with people, right? So if you learn some of your greatest anxiety could be people, people problems. People personalities, people's ideas that, well, you're thinking, wow, that's crazy. That's not the way I would do it, right? Stuff like that brings your anxiety up. So then we have to say, Lord, well, what, what am I supposed to do about this? How am I supposed to handle this? I sometimes think our hands are like up in the air and we're, we don't know what to do, right? How many of you have had the moments? Or you've been backed up against the wall and you're not sure if you're going to make it. Or if you do this, you're still going to get beat up here. If you go this way, you're going to get beat up here. So you take the lesser beaten track, Right? We are that way. What does Paul mean when he said, I've learned to be content? Did Paul have it pretty good going? Have you happened to re have read his list in Corinthians about being beat up, beaten with rods? I think he said three times or four times, and they stopped short. I think they stopped at 39. Because they didn't want to exceed. The Jews were under this rule. You couldn't go beyond 40. So they'd stop at 39. He was shipwrecked. It says he was exposed. He was without food. And it's just a, a typical missionary in the world that he lived in. The gospel was being was breaking ground in the early church. Most of our disciples that followed Jesus gave their lives for the gospel. How do you bring that kind of living, that kind of commitment? How do we get there? 
How can we get to a place where we're not going to let anything stop us, so to speak, except by the Spirit of God leading us? I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to empower his people, to empower his church, to give boldness to us when we know when we ought to speak and we, when we ought not to speak. He says, I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity in any circumstance. He did not just say, I was born with this. He learned. He learned through trial and error. And often our life is exactly, we learn from our mistakes. We learn from our short setbacks. We'll, we'll figure out we're not going to go that way again. Well, if I had to do it over again, I would do it this way. And then there are times, and the only thing we could do differently is say, Lord, right now I just need, I need to have your help. I, I, I'm struggling with, with attitude. I'm struggling, I'm struggling with my emotions. And there are days but it's okay to be brutally honest with the Lord. And some days you may feel angry at God. I don't have many days. I've maybe had a couple, on the, you know, just a moment. You consider Job. Have you read his book lately? Have you read the book of Job? Well, he's the man who lost his family, his health, his livelihood, all in the same within the same period of, of the day. And now he's sitting in ashes in pain. At first, he's still blessing God. He's still praising God. His wife, in spite of his wife, saying, you might as well curse God and die. You might as well give it up. There's no use for you. There was something in the man called Job that was a faith that would go beyond the average. And he said, why should I give up on God now? But then he had some time. And if you read further into the book, you'll find that he, he came to a place in his life where he asked God some questions, and he began to almost like, mm, was a little upset. He was venting. He was kind of, this is, this, is this, is this, what have I done to deserve this? Have you ever had those moments? And so learning being a learner, being teachable, being a person that is almost living under the idea that, as James said it, if I plan to go to a city and make a profit, but he backs up and he says, if the Lord wills, if the Lord is willing, in other words, when I pray a prayer, there's something that maybe it's in my heart, but just come back around and say, but your will, your will be done. And I promise you, if we live with that, we will have a lighter load to carry. We'll be less apt to be bashed or completely devastated if it does not turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. 
Does that make sense? That in other words, we take the pressure off ourselves and we say, Lord, it's in your hands. And that's what Paul, <laughs> amen. That's what Paul, here's, the, here's what he said when he wrote his list of his problems. And top of all the problems, the physical problems, the, the, the health issues, the things that were going on, he had concern for all the churches. That just blows me away. That's a shepherd's heart. That's like the Lord himself. As he was carrying the cross and he couldn't carry it anymore, another man stepped in and carried it for him. But then he was placed and he gave himself up. And he was able to utter the phrase, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And that's exactly the, what God, I believe, says to people today. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know the truth. And he longs for a chance for someone that he can speak through or he does speak to people today. Second, one of my points was listening. Besides being a, learn, a learner, listening has to do, what comes to mind is the New Testament had a, a, a couple of girls named Mary and Martha. You remember this story, don't you? A particular time was when um, Jesus was visiting them in their home. And of course, you've read this probably, that, that Martha was the worker, and she wanted things just to be perfect, and they had to be set just right. For after all, it was the Lord Jesus Christ himself that was in the home. It was God that was in the home. We need workers. We need people that are doing the details. But Mary, at the moment, was so caught up with the, with the Lord that she chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. And for time, she took in the words that Jesus was speaking to her. And Jesus commends her. Mary has chosen the good part. Martha was distracted with all the things that had to be done. And oh, that hits my, my heart. Because how many times I've been distracted with all the stuff that's got to be done and not taking proper time to really sit at the feet of Jesus. I really feel that's the key to being content. As you've heard from Jesus, you're getting filled up from him. Not from circumstances, not from stuff or things. You're getting filled up with his presence. And when the presence of the Lord is in you, you can be content. And furthermore, Paul said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He realized that he had to dwell on the earth not in his own strength, but with the strength that he could not minister, he could not go places, he could not lay his hands on people and pray for them and see them healed, but set by the power of God himself. All things work together for good for those who are called, who love God. 
He works it all together. Wherever you're at today, is there a sense of peace? Is there a sense or is there a sense of this kind of just unsettlement? I just encourage you. Learning to sit at the feet of Jesus. Boy, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said to him as a young pastor, now listen, don't let anyone look down on your youthfulness. Look, you look at that verse, God wants to use young people. God wants to use young, your kids. God will use your children. God loves the next generation that is coming up. And even though I don't understand it all, and I don't understand all the gadgets and all the electronics and all the things that's just kind of way over me. Listen. Something's happening in our youth and our young people. I believe they're looking for the real thing. They're looking for that which is genuine. They're looking for people who are walking the walk, walking the talk, so to speak, that they're demonstrating. There was no question. If you were to meet Paul on the, on the street, you would have no question that his God was in him, that he was following, he was under the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the church ought to be that, that kind of salt and light that we're in our community, that there's no question. And so I have a little story. A couple of them actually happened this week. First of all, I was going to get my driver's license renewed, and I just kind of got used to how you age, you know, you age through the years. So every four years, you get your driver. I just said, I don't look so bad at this picture. But the next picture... Ah, you're laughing. You've been there. It's like, what in the world? Man, can I take this picture over? That's what I thought. Little stuff like that. Anxiety. But what am I hanging on to? We can't stop the aging process. We can try to slow it down. Do, do, eat right. Do your exercise. Do it all. You can't stop gravity. Now, I was working in a job, working on a job in Aiken this week, and it was a business place where people would come in with their chainsaws, lawnmowers, weed whips, all this good stuff. And so, first of all, one of my old, older, I won't say ancient, but he was my school teacher when I was in high school, shows up, and he knew me. And I knew him, but it took me a second. Now you're, yeah, Augustine, Augustine, yeah. And so we reminisced, talked a little bit. That was kind of cool. He remembered me. And now another man comes. I did work for him 25, 26 years ago. He saw my truck. He walks into the place where, and this time I'm on lunch break, and they're, we're sitting around. He goes, Gary Espeseth, is he in here? And I saw him and I thought, Tom, Tom, Tom Healy. 
And we caught up a little bit. And he was talking, he was a bear hunter, has a cabin up in Squagamo Lake over there, North Aiken. And he said, you're the minister, right? You're, you're the minister. Because he, re he remembered that about me, being in Palisade, our first church. You're the minister. You know what I like about following Jesus? Is that we just... Whether you're a minister, minister, you're, we're all ministers. We're Christians first, right? We're followers of Jesus. And so he reminisces, and he's just getting ready to go. He came back. He, ma he made a he backtrack. He said, he looked right at me. He said, say a couple prayers for me. I've just lost two sons to suicide. And it's like... I could hear, I could just sense his pain, his tears up in his eyes. People around, he just left. And I thought to myself, what was it that he, why did he say that to me? Because he trusted. It was a relationship. Maybe he doesn't have a pastor, maybe he doesn't have a church. Maybe that was his only way of finding someone that would reach up to heaven. You see, the opportunities are everywhere. You see, there are people that are, that are struggling so much that they don't want to face people at times. Oh, we live in a world that needs Jesus. I'm so glad that Jesus understands pain. He comes to bring that pain to himself. Jesus wants to bear our pain. Jesus wants to lift us out of our pain. Jesus wants to bring us to the place where we can have praise, that we can rejoice in the Lord always, verse 4, that we can pray with thanksgiving, that we don't have to be anxious because of him who walks before us. Paul is saying this, and thanksgiving letter, verse 17, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your, your account. Paul is understanding that it is more blessed to give than to receive. In fact, for me to, to live the fullest is be looking for ways I can bless others. If you find it, it gets fun and bless. And sometimes we don't have the finances. But many times it's but listening or rent lending a helping hand of some way physical, some way a way to bless someone around us. Not that I seek the gift itself. In other words, Paul is thinking about their benefit that they are going to receive heaven records and is going to reward those who have been faithful. He said, I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. 
And then this great verse, I'm sure you've all heard it and know it. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, God is able. He has all that we have need of. He has a way of making it for us. He is, has a plan for us even to the end of our age. God is going to come through for the church. God will come through for the people of God. God will always be faithful to his word. One of my friends used to attend here, moved to the cities. Some of you remember. Yeah. He was a landowner next to us. And he, gave, he gave some church the property. He gave the property to the church. And he was Dean Swanson. I'm sure he wouldn't mind I say this. And he, say, he would say this to me. Oftentimes people get their needs and their wants mixed up. What do I really need? Or what do I want? And so God is saying, I will supply your needs. Everything else beyond that is, is a bonus. And so what are our needs? Food, clothing, shelter, right? And reading Ecclesiastes, the way you came into the world, right? The way you're going to leave the world. You came in with nothing. You're going to leave with nothing. But what, what you can leave with is a legacy or a model or the way you treated people around you. You leave with that kind of heritage. You leave with something that touched someone around you. You leave maybe wanting someone else to have what you had. You leave looking forward to be truly home. But this life is a passing, temporary, dwelling. Aren't you glad that we have the hope all those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. That's the greatest need. I don't get hung up over the denomination. There are many good friends and brothers and sisters across other churches and communities. There's a good people wherever you go. There are true believers wherever you go. And the goal of, of the church ought to be how can we better this place? How can we make this place better? How can I make this place where I work? Or how can I somehow inspire someone else to want to live for Jesus? I believe it's on your heart today that your family the closest people to you, you want them to be in heaven someday. That's on your heart. It's a good thing. Call their names before the Lord. You may be the only one that will remember to do that. So what are we looking forward to? We're looking forward to his peace. Whatever you've been challenged with lately, turn it over if you can. Try to turn it over. Trust the Lord. 
Commit it to the Lord. Proverbs 16, commit your ways to the Lord. He will establish your plans. That's a key verse. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but we walk by faith, not by sight. We are his people in whom he's leading, bringing us to that place where we can understand his person, his presence. Believe right now with me. We believe right now, Jesus. You are for us and you're not against us. We believe right now in the Son. We believe in the Father and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the shed blood of Jesus that cleanses, takes away our sin. We believe if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us. We believe that like Paul, who learned to be content, it was a process. It was ups and downs, ins and outs. But Lord, you stayed faithful to him. And until the day you call us home, help us also to be found faithful, not doubting, not wavering. And if we do, Lord, forgive us. Help us, Lord, even in our lack of faith. And Lord, I believe you are for us. And you are going to lead us out until you call us home. Lord, there are people across our community that need Jesus, that are hurting. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive in Jesus' name. Amen. We have one more song that uh, I invite you to stand one more time and sing it to the Lord. <laughs>